Welcome to the Outcomes Rocket Podcast, where we inspire collaborative thinking, improved outcomes, and business success with today's most successful and inspiring healthcare leaders and influencers. And now your host, Saul Marquez. Outcomes Rocket listeners, welcome back once again to the Outcomes Rocket podcast, where we chat with today's most successful and inspiring healthcare leaders. Really want to thank you for tuning in, and I invite you to go to outcomesrocket.com slash reviews, where you could rate and review today's amazing guest. His name is Victor Wang. He is the CEO at care.coach. Victor got started tinkering with tech at the age of six programming, role-playing games, and he worked in telemarketing, environment research, aerospace manufacturing, particle physics, oil sands, medical robotics, and the military before grad school at MIT and starting a career as a healthcare entrepreneur. This guy's pretty interesting. Had a chance to meet him live at Health 2.0, where I really gained an appreciation for his work. So what I want to do is uh, offer him a warm welcome to the podcast. Victor, welcome. Thanks for having me, Saul. It is a pleasure, my friend. And so maybe if there's any gaps that I left out in your intro, maybe this is a good chance to fill it in. I thought that was a pretty flattering intro. <laughs> <laughs> Thanks, man. Hey, you know, it's real. It's true. It's, it's, uh, it was really fun to kind of uh, do a little background on you, man. You, you've done a lot in a very short time, and, and it's exciting to see the new wave of entrepreneurs doing some pretty cool things like you. And so what is it that got you into healthcare to begin with? Yeah, actually, uh, I mean, it was this company is what it was. And I don't think that starting it off, I really thought of it as a healthcare company. Okay. It's more of uh, solving a problem kind of a company. Sure. <laughs> so it was kind of based That's on my family experience with yeah. my mom and my grandma in Taiwan and just going through trying to support and care for an older loved one remotely and how challenging that is. And then just trying to solve that as a problem. And I guess I kind of thought of it as like senior care, but not necessarily healthcare to begin with. Yes. And it has evolved a lot since then. Yeah, no, it's really interesting, the evolution. And you said it really wasn't healthcare. It was more so solving a problem that, that you had personally. So are you, are you using the technology to, to care for your, your parents, your grandparents now? One day, so she actually speaks Mandarin only. Oh. Doesn't really speak English at all. Oh, so, okay, okay. Uh, we happen to have a service that works currently in English and Spanish only. So. Oh, nice. So you got Spanish in there too. Yeah. And, you know, one day, Mandarin. <laughs> hey, you got to start somewhere. And um, the point is, you got your vision. It was inspired by family situation. And, and so now you're, you're here. Fast forward to today. Can you give the listeners an example of, of what you believe needs to be on, on healthcare leaders' agenda? I would say the aging population. <laughs> of course. I mean, obviously, I don't know what kind of answer you're expecting, but, uh, you know, this is kind of my field. And it's actually kind of boggling to me how some people don't have this theme of aging, you know, on their agenda or in, in their awareness. So I'm actually, you know, not going to name any names, but most <laughs> <laughs> uh, very senior people like CMOs at top, you know, academic medical centers and you know things like that. Like, oh, you know, I noticed you mentioned this and that, and how come like aging and the fact that there's 10,000 baby boomers retiring every day and the changes that healthcare faces when dealing with this kind of 
you know, older adult population with multiple chronic conditions and so on that come with age, you know, how is this aging of the patient population factored into this overall strategy of yours? Because you can't just think of people as individual diseases that you're treating when it comes to geriatrics. And, you know, it's, it's just surprising that. <laughs> yeah. Why do you I think that is? That question. <laughs> why, why do you think that is, Victor? Why do you think aging is not a bigger part of the overall strategy and plan and even thought process? Why do you think that is? Uh, I think there's a lot of answers to that question. I mean, one from the perspective of medical education. I mean, I'm I'm not a doctor. I, I happen to be wearing a, a fake lab coat right now <laughs> for, for a simulation that our company is doing. But, but, You're funny, uh, man. I'm not a real doctor. Uh, <laughs> I don't even have a PhD. But um, as far as I know, I mean, in, in medical education, you know, you really have to go into a geriatrics kind of a specialty to, to really grok what it means <laughs> to care yeah. for elderly people. Because I, I feel like in traditional medical education, given my you know limited understanding, obviously, you think of people as, you know, what are the problems that need to be treated? And it's very individual. And I would say even until now, we don't really have a robust, complex, you know, multiple chronic condition kind of a model that's been widely accepted and, and understood by most physicians. Even things that are considered innovations, relatively new, like the diabetes-related, you know, chronic disease self-management programs and things like that, they're really focused on single conditions. And, you know, if you look at the statistics as people get older, very few people, you know, in retirement age and beyond have one chronic condition. Right. And so it that kind of a, a mindset doesn't really work, but everybody's still kind of stuck in that kind of a mindset of treating individual conditions because yeah. that's kind of how med- medical education is. Potentially some other issues, and this starts to get into you know, caregiving and why it can be hard to reach people who are caregiving for older parents, but it's also just not a topic that's you know in the popular mindset, particularly sexy. <laughs> right. In a way... You know, it's cooler to talk about like a stent technology or something like that than it is to talk about, you know, your mom or dad who is ailing and can't drive anymore, you know, maybe needs help getting dressed and things like that. It's kind of a touchy subject for a lot of people. And it's kind of a topic that people tend to shy away from a little bit. It's a little bit taboo as well to talk about certain kind of elder care related things. So there's a lot of issues at play, I think. Yeah, that's really interesting, Victor. You kind of dive into some really, really fascinating thoughts there, in particular this idea that not only are we siloed as far as communication in healthcare, but also, you know, siloed in the way that we approach different chronic conditions and different specialties. And um, I do look at this as, as an opportunity for the leaders of healthcare listening to the podcast right now to ask themselves, what is it that you can do to remove the silos and think of this horizontally rather than vertically. Think that a patient goes through an entire continuum of care. A patient can have more than one specific disease to take care of. And so the ideas that Victor's sharing here, specifically in the elderly, it's very important that we start thinking more broadly. So Victor, appreciate you highlighting that and the things that you guys are doing at care.coach are really tied into this. Can you dive into a little bit more about what you guys do there and what makes you guys unique in the market? Sure. So the short version is we psychosocially support 
complex, high need, high risk patients across the continuum of care. So in the hospital or at home to drive healthcare outcomes. And that, that sounds incredibly broad. (laughs) Um, (laughs) That's basically what we do. And because we're focusing on this population, which is very high need and high risk. And I don't, by default, say elderly in there, but in many cases, that's kind of implied. But when you work with this kind of a population, necessarily, you know, that, that's the easiest way I can frame what we do. Because if I were to go into the exact outcomes that we drive, you know, it varies. So for hospital customers, we're reducing delirium occurrence and risk when you do detect it and increasing the detectability of delirium. And then that's one way that we actually reduce fall rate among hospitalized elders. And there's other ways that we reduce fall rate among hospitalized elders. We can also help to engage and redirect people to reduce the need for restraints in the hospital, which is a huge thing. And then at home, Hmm. completely, seemingly completely different environment. We're supporting people to alleviate depression and anxiety. That's kind of what we've been known for for a while. But then on top of these social relationships, we're coaching people to better manage multiple chronic conditions like heart failure plus diabetes plus COPD plus hypertension plus depression plus, you know, they get anxiety-related emergency department visits that are otherwise avoidable. So these are the kinds of patients that we work with. And I don't think it would be very easy to point to any specific technology startup that does all of this. Sure, (laughs) That's actually what makes us unique in in a long-winded way is we actually support at a personal level these very complex, high-need, high-risk patients that otherwise are completely underserved as far as technology point solutions. Yeah, that's interesting, Victor. And would you say that that your solution falls under the self-management sort of uh, uh, movement of technologies and processes that drive individuals to take care of themselves across not just one disease, but basically everything that they're dealing with? Yeah, essentially. And beyond just the clinical indications, like, you know, we're going to put together this this self-management program for heart failure and diabetes. That's been done. It's a feat to do a good job of that, although it's been done. So I think what sets us apart even from that is just the personal support that we're providing. So we have this avatar, actually, that talks with people and we have research that shows that it actually builds friendships and a real social relationship with that person. The little dog. Yes. (laughs) You showed it to me at the meeting. Super, super nice. Tell us a little bit about that, the avatar and sort of what role it fills in this. um, You called it a psychosocial aspect of the service that differentiates it from the typical chronic disease management. Sure. So uh, what people see is the little dog (laughs) or the cat. Yeah. And it's pretty disarming, you know, when you see it because it's this adorable little dog or cat. Oh, there's a little cat too. Yeah, there's a cat. Oh, are that's are you a cat lover, Saul? Well, you know, we do have a cat, and yes, I am. So okay. I would probably so, use the cat. Okay. Well, let me know. If you... <laughs> 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 Maybe in a few years or something, right? Uh, that's right. That's right. <laughs> but, uh, yeah, so the, you know, they see this little pet, and it's kind of disarming because what's actually happening is a lot of complexity in the background. So what we're doing is we're realizing that in order to adequately support this high need complex population you really need real people and there's there's other startups out there trying to do things like what we're doing but through you know social robots or some artificial intelligence you know maybe one day in a couple of decades we'll we'll get there right (laughs) but in the meantime we're recognizing that real people 
are the best at providing this kind of high touch personal support. And so we have real people that we hire all over the world 24 seven that provide this kind of social interaction conversation really can talk with somebody, pray with them, listen to what's troubling you, you know, talk through some issues that are going on or share in things that are that you're interested in or that make you happy and, and really provide that level of support. You need real people. So that's what we have. Yes. Now you have a problem when you have a team of 24 seven people all over the world providing this kind of support is you'll have to talk with several different people at minimum throughout the week. And depending on what time it is, or if you wake up at 3am and you need to talk to somebody in the middle of the night, it's going to be probably different than the person you talked with Tuesday afternoon, let's say. Right. So the avatar is there to unify the care team into Got a it. single persona, which is you know, particularly helpful for elderly patients. That's very interesting. Yeah. And does the voice change or does that stay the same too? Stays the same. So we, we can change the voice. So we have, for example, a Spanish voice engine and you know, we can change the pitch or the speed depending on the person's listening preferences or, or impairments. But for a given avatar, once you've picked a good voice, it's Got the it. same voice. Because it stays it's the same. Ah, oh, that's so awesome. So the whole team can speak through the avatar. It stays the same. So there's continuity for the person using exactly. it. Exactly. Yeah. Oh, that's really sweet. Yeah. And then it's kind of like a more lighthearted, fun non-judgmental kind of a relationship than you would have with like a virtual doctor or like a virtual nurse or something like that. Wow. And that's really cool. So who pays for it? So our customers pay for it. Okay. <laughs> that's why we call them customers. So uh, uh, like, I guess I'm just wondering if it's typically the hospital, the insurance company. Yeah. <laughs> Sorry, I was, that was tongue in cheek. No, but no, uh, <laughs> uh, so the customers I was going to say, right now we're working with hospitals and these special health plans that gotcha. target you know, frail elderly people. So it's actually an interesting concept if, if the listeners don't know about it. There are these things called PACE health plans or Program of All-Inclusive Care for the elderly, PAC. Hmm. So if anybody is listening and has an older parent, for example, that perhaps needs to go into a nursing home soon, you think, and doesn't want to because who wants to do that? Right. You might want to look into the potential availability of one of these PACE programs because they're basically an alternative model where if somebody is qualified to go into skilled nursing care under Medicare or Medicaid coverage, they can instead take that coverage and stay in their own homes, not go anywhere. <laughs> and beautiful. The, and, yeah, and the PACE health plan basically pays for everything. And they'll actually take you to a day program. They'll pay for the shuttle. They'll shuttle you back home. They'll pay for home nursing visits as necessary and so on. And this model of care is basically caring for people that would otherwise be in a nursing home. So that's one kind of organization that our, our avatars are very helpful for, as you can imagine, for this very high-need, high-risk kind of a population. Victor, I think what you're doing is really awesome. And, you know, I put myself in the shoes of, of somebody going to through this and, and just getting to that point of life where, yeah, you know, you, you really start depending on others again, kind of full circle, like I would want to stay in my house. Mm-hmm. And so if you're a listener, if you have an elderly parent or a grandparent, and you find yourself in this place where you're in a bind and, you know, you may have to take them to a, a elderly home. Consider this program that Victor just just mentioned and these PACE programs. And so what I'll do is, Victor, if you can share the link, I'll, I'll include it in the show notes. Sure. As well as a link to the things that you provide, but definitely a really great alternative. Victor, let's talk about some of the outcomes that you guys have, have created. Uh, you, mm-hmm. you mentioned delirium. You mentioned fall prevention. What would you say one of the proudest 
outcomes uh, you've been able to achieve with this technology and your people? Obviously, it's not just technology, it's people. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I think you basically said it. So the, the falls and delirium outcomes are probably the pinnacle of what we've achieved. So our history, so we actually started over five years ago, starting to develop the product and just, I mean, you might imagine if, you know, several years ago, when this was an idea, it was might have seemed kind of like a crazy idea. Like, let's get these people to all over the world, like in you know other countries, to staff these avatars and very cost effectively provide high amounts of psychosocial support to older adults in the U.S. through these talking dogs. <laughs> uh, you know, <laughs> when you put it like that, it's, uh, it's like, so, what is this guy thinking? Is he? Is he nuts? <laughs> So yeah, we actually started out just kind of whipping <laughs> together a prototype and like testing it out. And some of our early research, I mean, you have to actually test this out. And we, we found some partners in New York, so great professors at, at Pace University doing some research with their nursing students and computer science students. And we actually found that our original hypothesis was true is that, you know, you put together this crazy system and you actually can combat loneliness and provide social support to people. And that was really powerful because it was like, boom, we basically achieved our initial goal as far as the uh, feasibility of the product to do this. And then we did some more research and actually University of Washington has a few papers published already about how we help to combat depression like the PHQ-9 survey, improve measures of social support, like the, the MOS social support subscales. So there's several published papers on that. And then we're kind of like, okay, so as a business, as a social enterprise, you know, if we can scale this up, this is great. We solved loneliness, right? Yeah. But um, as a business, where's the value in solving loneliness? Hmm. So we realized that we could actually scale much better if we're, you know, making driving more value to whoever our customers are and we could drive a lot more value and incidentally save lives and deliver more social value if we layered on top of that these clinical outcomes beyond just mitigating depression is, is a clinical outcome but i mean things that are even closer to actually the things that the doctors care about in the hospital or the nurses care about in the hospital like delirium or, or falls and so we realized that when you have this psychosocial relationship with somebody you can use that to help, you know, influence behavior towards risk mitigating healthy behaviors. So then we did other research, for example, what you just mentioned in the hospital, that was a 95 patient study where we showed in excess of 80% reduction in fall rates among hospitalized elders by affecting behavior, by, you know, making sure people ask for help to go to the bathroom instead of getting out of their beds alone, by getting people to do cognitive orientation tasks and cognitive exercises and wear their glasses because vision impairment is actually a major risk factor for delirium. And to do all these different things and elicit all these different needs out of the patients on top of this friendship in a way that is protocol driven based on evidence, you know, saves people's lives. <laughs> yeah, that's uh, what matters. So that's, yeah, that's really interesting, Victor. So thanks for walking us down the path there of, of how you guys are, are adding value. And it's interesting, right? Like here's a note to the entrepreneurs listening. You could start somewhere with an idea and then get to the point where you realize that, hey, you know, while I'm creating good and doing good, there may not not necessarily be a financial model behind it to support what you're doing. Without margin, there is no mission. 
And so <laughs> what Victor did with his team, he, they pivoted and they found a way to impact something that affects the bottom line of these providers. And you guys did it beautifully and you found some, some great areas to focus on. So don't give up on your idea, people. Think through the things that you're doing and think how you could broaden what you're doing. Don't just abandon it because there's no model behind it right now. And Victor's a great example of, of doing just that. Victor, um, give us one of the proudest leadership moments you've experienced to date. You've proudest leadership moments. You've been on the stage at TedMed, you've Ted Health, you've done a lot of really cool things, you've been published on different magazines, you've done a lot of cool stuff. But out of all the things that you've done, what sticks out as one of your most proud moments? I would say it's just having this team <laughs> that's you know stuck with me for so more. long. Tell me a little bit more yeah, about it. I mean, uh, maybe it's a no. chance for you to give them kudos right now. Yeah, I'm proud of my team, and you know we all really believe in the mission and just the fact that we're all still working together after so long and you know so committed. It says a lot, I think, and we've been through a lot together. Uh, like my co-founder Shul, like we've been working together for over five years now. And then uh, another example is my wife. <laughs> Very important part of the team. Who, who I met at an aging conference called Aging in America. So we nice. met at this like newbie table. <laughs> That's so cool. Uh, and I was like, wow, okay, let's get lunch. Um, <laughs> <laughs> uh, and awesome, I guess, man. I don't know if she was impressed that I was like some young guy out there presenting some research outcomes about an avatar and she kind of felt me kind of inspiring if you consider that to be a leadership moment. That's cool, uh, man. But that, that got me the date. And then, uh, <laughs> <Nice>. <laughs> Congratulations. Yeah, and then, you know, we reconnected after the conference, got married. She joined the team. She started volunteering <laughs> just because she wanted to help because she's so inspiring. It. And then, you know, now she's with us full time. So I, that, that right there is probably my That's proudest amazing. leadership moment. <laughs> That's amazing. Hey, congratulations, yeah. my friend. Uh, <laughs> like that is, that is pretty amazing. You did it. You met a, the woman of your dreams. You guys just bonded over common interests and now you guys are both doing better for the world so that's yeah. an amazing story thank you for sharing that <laughs> what's her name Brittany. Brittany. Brittany, your husband loves you and i could tell i could see i could see him right now he's he's like beaming so that's awesome man congratulations tell us a little bit victor about an exciting project that you're working on within care.coach sure uh we're always working on a lot of stuff because we're a complex system of you know people and protocols and technology I feel like I can't talk too much about, <laughs> about the details, but uh, yeah, we've okay, got a lot of dive into it. I don't want to put you in a bad spot either. Yeah, a lot of it has to do with like automation. So we have a very unique position as far as our technology. So a lot of other companies are approaching it from the point of view of let's build this ultimate artificial intelligence that's going to be able to do what we see in the movies. And that limits the kinds of interactions and patients that they can actually have and benefit, whereas we don't have that limitation. So we're in a, a pretty unique place where we are, you know, our avatar is literally the best friend of a lot of our patients. I know that's probably hard to believe, but it's actually the I case. believe it, man. And yeah, and you can actually read I believe the research it. papers that University of Washington's published and the kind of things that we talk about with them. And if you imagine that we have through this technologically enabled entity, this best friend kind of a relationship, and we're getting the data from that, 
it puts us in a very powerful position to potentially leapfrog what a lot of other people are doing. And we have a very unique set of data. So we have a lot of uh, things that are in the pipeline because of that. I think that's very interesting. And, and yeah, you know, the, the nice thing that you just highlighted, Victor, is this idea that when you come up with a strategy, it's not only about what you do, but it's also about what you don't do. And I think you've, you've highlighted very clearly that you guys are going to embrace artificial intelligence, but guess what? You don't have to go all the way in. You're not going to do it all the way in. And I think there's beauty in that and that you know your strengths and you're going to leverage the tools to help augment. I, you know, I like to think of AI as augmented intelligence, not just artificial, right? We've developed a, a very strong understanding in this healthcare context of what people are inherently good at versus what software is inherently good at. <laughs> mm-hmm. And our entire system is just around kind of marrying the two. That's beautiful, man. Possible. I love it. It's exciting to, to hear that you guys have other things brewing over there. So definitely we'll be following you guys to make sure I, I, I stay on top of the cool things that you guys are up to. Victor, let's pretend as we get closer to the end here, we've got about three, four minutes left. Let's pretend you and I are building a medical leadership course on what it takes to be successful in medicine today. It is the 101 or the ABCs of Victor Wang. So we're going to write a syllabus. I got four questions for you that it's going to be lightning round style. Okay. And then at the end, you're going to provide a book that you recommend for the listeners. You ready? Okay. (laughs) What is the best way to improve healthcare outcomes? To understand, truly understand why they're not where you want them to be. What is the biggest mistake or pitfall to avoid? Thinking that you know more than you do. (laughs) Love that one. How do you stay relevant as an organization despite constant change? Just keep learning, reading, getting out there, finding out what other people are up to, keep an open mind. Finally, what's one area of focus that should drive everything else in your organization? Your mission, whatever that is. (laughs) Love it. Stay clear on that. And finally, what book would you recommend to the listeners, Victor? I'll be a little biased because there's mention of us in there, but The New Mobile Age by Dr. Kavidar. Love it. The new mobile age, Dr. Kavidar. So listeners, take these nuggets of wisdom. Don't worry about writing them down. The links to the book, the links to Victor's company and all the things that they're up to, as well as the pay site, which he's going to provide to us, go to outcomesrocket.com slash Victor. And you're going to find all the show notes as well as these resources. Victor, this has been a lot of fun. Before we conclude, I would love if you just shared a closing thought and then the best place where people could get in touch with you or follow you. Well, I closing thought, geez, uh, this was fun. (laughs) (laughs) Let's do the YouTube thing sometime later. Would love to. Uh, As far as how to get in touch with me, uh, Victor at care.coach. Don't add a .com. (laughs) <laughs> no.com listeners you get that it's care <laughs> yeah, Victor at care.com. As well. awesome victor yeah. well hey this has been a blast really appreciate you spending time with us and uh, looking forward to having you back on soon cool thanks so much Saul. thanks for listening to the outcomes rocket podcast Be sure to visit us on the web at www.outcomesrocket.com for the show notes, resources, inspiration, and so much more.